Here come the blue shirts. If you weren't awake to play in that kind of game, then you weren't made to play hockey in Madison Square Garden. He's got experience in the streets and in the alleys. <laughs> and in the is. alleys. He will whoop your ass. And I'm looking better now than I did before. Ron, it's all names. your fault. It's over for all of you. Once I'm on the team. Well, you're going to have to let me dress you, though. <laughs> oh, 100%. You have, that, that's going to be Ron Duguay's third act. Molly off the air. Wow. <laughs> Molly off the air. A whole ice. different person. Yeah. Up in the He'll blue be courtside seat. and I'll be up in the blue seat. <laughs> Kept in by Steiner. Finds Lafreniere for a shot. He scores! First career playoff goal for Alexei Lafreniere. They decide by Fox. Shot for the net. Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. The Post, Larry Brooks, is going to join us later in the show. Your hosts are, of course, Molly Walker of the New York Post and former Rangers great Ron Duguay, that montage courtesy of MSG. We're just going to get right into it because that was an absolute disgraceful performance by the New York Rangers on Monday night. We have spent this entire year of the podcast tooting the heart of this team. No quit in New York. Igor Shesterkin, best goalie in the league. This story is remarkable. The Rangers shouldn't have been here. Enough of those sob stories. This sucked. You got to be better than that. You go to Pittsburgh. Igor gets pulled after the first period in game three. He gets pulled after two periods in game four. He's got fans chanting his name, but not in a good way, in an Igor taunting way. He sucked. And after game one and all the accolades we gave him for 79 saves, triple overtime in a losing effort, by the way, the top line pathetic. You're expecting the best from your top line. You're getting it from your kid line who's never been here before. And enough of the sob stories. This was pathetic. Five second period goals on Monday. That's bad. He gets pulled. Georgiev plays better. Ron, I'm sure, was loving seeing Georgiev play better than Igor Shesterkin. This team has got to get a kick in their ass because they got to come to New York and show us that there is no quit in New York. Winning New York, winning Pittsburgh, and win game seven at the Garden and go to the second round like everybody freaking predicted you two. Don't make me curse on up in the blue seats here. That is an embarrassing effort by the Rangers. I know it's Igor's first two road playoff games, but he embarrassed himself in his first two road playoff games. He's going to win the Vesna. He's going to start game five at the Garden. And hopefully he shows that there is no quit in New York because this team looked like they flat out quit. Take it away, one of you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Is that it, Jake? You got any more? I'm done. Uh, Molly, do you want to get it started or shall I? God, I mean, I think part of Jake's rant that we have to talk about right away is the fact that he's totally correct and the fact that this series, these last two games are not on the kids. Philip Hedel, Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, Keandre Miller, even Braden Schneider to an extent. 
those kids are giving it their all. They are trying a hundred percent. That kid line has been the Rangers best line throughout the entire series, honestly. And it's really tough to fault Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider and Frank, Frank Fichano because they have drawn a bulk of the matchups against Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel and Brian Rust. And my God, Sidney Crosby looks like he's 24 freaking years old out there. There's really just not much like Sidney Crosby is taking over the series in a way. And I feel like there's so little to be done about that. But, you know, we'll get into this with Barry a little bit later. But, you know, maybe head coach Gerard Gallant needs to do something about the matchups. Like Mika Zibanejad has been handcuffed by that top Penguins line and has been just completely ineffective. But when you're so all consumed with containing Sidney Crosby, I mean, how do you point the finger? But I mean, you have to point the finger because this Rangers lineup has been so top heavy this for so long and so reliant on their top two lines and they're not getting anything out of them. It is crippling this Rangers team right now. And it's been really unfortunate to watch because like Jake said, the Rangers really should have been winning in this series. Everybody predicted, predicted them to win this series. I feel And it just has really been getting away from them. Well, Molly, there's a lot here to dissect. I had the Rangers favored to win this series. A lot of it had to do because when you look at both teams, I felt like they'd be evenly matched. It would have been the deciding factor would have been the goaltending. Shesterkin versus whoever is going to play for Pittsburgh. That hasn't been the case. That has not been the case. So goaltending has been good. So now you look at two teams going into it evenly matched. After that... We had talked about, and people will ask me, Ron, what's playoff hockey like? Well, I would tell you that it's much different. Everything gets dissected. Coaching becomes really important. The character of the team becomes very important. And the leadership of the team becomes very important. So let's look at Pittsburgh. You got three guys that are Hall of Famers that have won three Stanley Cups together. And then you add all the others. And then you look at Coach Sullivan. Coach Sullivan has won three Stanley Cups. You don't just win Stanley Cups with players. You have to be well-prepared. You have to have a good coaching staff. So you look at the other side. That's an experienced playoff team that knows how to turn it on, turn it off, or really turn it on and make adjustments. And so that's what you're looking at with Pittsburgh and Mike Sullivan. you got to give him a whole lot of credit. So are we thinking, is Coach Gallant getting out coach? Well, Not so much, but going into this season, this was his first year, a lot of young players, and playoff hockey is much different. So we didn't know what to expect, and I think that goes to what you had said, Molly. This team may go down in four, or if they manage to get through that first series, that they're going to learn from it, and they're going to be very difficult to play against because of what they have. Well, it's flipped on them for different reasons. Different things have happened. Let's, Let's look at the last game. Four goals on deflections. And can you blame Shesterkin? Well, not really. How did those even happen? Some of that happens from lost face-offs. How do you lose a face-off continually, cleanly? You know, Zabinajak, how do you keep losing? That's an adjustment you can always make. But here's where I got really disappointed is last game, third period. You're down 6-2. Yes, you make a goaltender change. How do you play that third period going into the next game. Nothing in the tank. There was nothing. There was no fight. There was no anger. There was no emotion. That's where I'm thinking, wow, this team. No sense of urgency. Nothing. I'm like, this. has this team given up? Because Pittsburgh is just kind of feeling like, hey, we're up 6-2. We're going to still play our game. But 
like no one even going after Crosby. No one's sending a message to that line. There was no fight in this team. So it's really playoff hockey. That's what it comes down to. And who's capable of playing playoff hockey? Now, I'm going to look at two guys that could make a difference in a physical aspect. Kreider Truba. Those two guys are two powerful guys that can make a difference, send a message, two guys that, that led the team in hits. And what have we seen out of Truba? We haven't seen a whole lot of Truba. In fact, his teammate, Kyungi Miller, has been outplaying him, which I thought he'd be the player to watch for me. And I think he's playing fabulously. Kreider, well, Kreider's been Kreider, but still, where are the big hits? So there's something missing, obviously. And another thing I'm going to add this, I can watch games and I can see, you know what? It seems like it appears like one team or the other is getting good bounces. I can see that Pittsburgh has been getting good bounces and things have been going their way, but eventually that could change. And so we're not going to give up on this team. I like Coach Gallant. I, I think this team has a lot of character. They just haven't been able to come together as a team to play that way. And so I, I'm you know, going into game five tomorrow. I, uh, we're going to see something different. It's going to be important to have a good start. I don't want to give up on Sisterkin. Yes, uh, we've chatted about this earlier. How much does this hurt him after going through the season that he had? How does this hurt his psyche? Well, he's the type of guy that seems pretty relaxed that if he gets coached properly, if the right words are said to him, that he can go into that game and say, hey, look, at you know, I'm just going to go play my game and the team in front of me is going to be better. And you can just you have a good first period and you take it from there. So he can recover. It's how is the team go in front of them going to play? So, you know, a lot to talk about today. And I'm sure Larry, because I, I read his article, I read both of your articles. And, and Larry is basically saying dishonored themselves, which is, those are strong words. And so I, I like the character of this team. They can find a way to play with more passion. They can find a way to go after the Crosby line because he's dominated at the, at the age of 34. He looks like he's in his prime. Malkin is now starting to come around, and that's all we need for Malkin. Latang has been great. And then goaltending. Who thought Deming would be as good as he is? So, Molly, a lot there. I've said a lot. Over to you. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to talk to Larry about a lot of different things, especially from that article, and we'll get a chance to in a little bit. But, yeah, to your point about Shesterkin's psyche, I think that's definitely something that's worth mentioning. I mean, these are his first playoff experiences and the team is quitting in front of him for half of them so far. And I mean, I'll tell you, PPG paints arena. I was not expecting it to be as difficult to play in there as it was. Like I really could tell how much it was getting in their heads, in his head, in Shostakovich's head in general. I mean, they have, they did not leave him alone in the last two games. I mean, my guy was sitting on the bench in the third period and they're chanting, we want Igor, you know, like they have not let up on him once. And I thought that after getting a taste of it in game three, that he might have gotten used to it and, you know, known what to expect, but granted, yes, there were a lot of deflections um, and not all of those goals are his fault, not even close but you could see how it has rattled him, the, goal, the deflections in general. And then I also think the crowd and the response that they gave to him, he couldn't find the puck at times. He's losing the puck around his feet and he's just not tracking as well as he was in the regular season. 
And I definitely like rattled is the term that I would use, but who wouldn't be? Like we've said all along, these are his first handful of playoff games in his entire NHL career. And like you said, Ron, it's a whole different beast. It's a whole different animal. And I'm just, you know, I really did think that game four, he was going to be lights out much sturdier because he got a taste of what it was like in game three, but it just did not go as such. He had to have been rattled guys because, you know, two goals between 24 seconds and then another two between 35 seconds. I mean, if that's not rattled, what is, I'm curious, Molly, do they ever like play music loud at practice or something to try to give them a semblance for loud crowd noise? Cause they do that in football a lot. You can't even replicate it. What it was, it was, I'm not trying to throw shade at MSG at all. I know MSG, you know, they great fans. They got up for games one and two, no doubt. We were there. It was nowhere near what Pittsburgh was. But it was nowhere near what PPG Paints Arena was. Nowhere near. It was deafening in that building. And just the taunting to Shisterkin. I mean, MSG should really try. I mean, Deming deserves some credit here. He really does. Yes, the Rangers should be picking apart a third string netminder. There is no doubt that they should be lighting this guy up, but he is feeding off of this crowd. They are showing him so much faith. Every time he touches the puck, they love it. They love it. They're like, we are going to beat the Rangers with a backup, backup, backup goalie. And that is bad. That's that's not, you know, of course, Pittsburgh fans are going to eat that up. And they have just been showing, Deming has just been feeding off of the crowd. His confidence right now is so high. And, you know, we've said it so many times, goaltending was supposed to be a massive advantage for the Rangers. Massive. No Tristan Jari. Casey DeSmith goes down in the second overtime of, of game one. He had to go undergo core muscle surgery. He's out for the entire playoffs. They're, they're on to Louis Domingue, who is just. Their backup yeah. is the Zamboni driver, yeah, for Christ's he's, sake. He's Come literally on. just there. And uh, all the credit to him. And as a writer and as someone in media, I really do. I live for the spicy pork and, and broccoli storyline. I thought it was hilarious. Like, he seems like such a good dude and how much fun he's having and he's really enjoying it. You know, it's it's a great storyline for Pittsburgh. It really, really is. And it's but it just makes it, I think, that much worse for the Rangers. Yeah. When you think about what Penguin fans are doing, that's an experienced fan. They've experienced Stanley Cups and they realize they recognize if we can rattle their best player, their goaltender. This could make a difference. So that's why they're going after him. And uh, I, I don't know if it's just Sturkin, if this is affecting him. It has to affect you because I know I've been through it because I'd go to Philadelphia. I go on the island. It was bad. I mean, people were after me, but I, I kind of as a forward, it's different. You can play it out differently when you're a goaltender and you're having to stop pucks. That could get into your head. So I, I could play through it. In fact, it got the best out of me. If you were to look at my uh, scoring in the playoffs, it uh, the more you yelled at me, the better I played. So, But that doesn't go for everyone. But Molly, uh, Jake, I'd be interested in hearing from the fans on their perspective moving forward, going to the game five. And I, we have our co-producer here, Andrew, who may have some thoughts on what he thinks we might see moving forward. Andrew, what are your thoughts on what, what do you think is going to happen in game five and moving forward? You guys- guys have already kind of touched on it this is a 
resilient Ranger team. And we've seen them come back a few times, especially been knocked down. So honestly, I just think the Rangers need a little home cooking. I think that in hockey in general, as Ron, as you know, momentum is your best friend. And I think that especially if the Rangers can get home, and we already know that Igor is going to be in net game five, it's going to be the most important thing for him where if he puts up a shutout or he gets one goal, all the Rangers need to do is take the next game. And I think at that point, once you strike fear and, and you put a little doubt in Pittsburgh's mind, go back into Pittsburgh. And all you got to do is win in Pittsburgh. And and that's what the series has come down to. All it is is just winning one game in Pittsburgh. Because I have complete faith and confidence that once the Rangers get right and you manage to steal that game, anything can happen in game seven. And if you're telling me that the Rangers are going to ride the momentum wave back home in a game seven, who are you going to take at that point? And honestly, yes, I think the the next game at home, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have a Pittsburgh team that's hungry, that wants to close out the series, that is tasting blood, that wants to feast on the Rangers' flesh. All Igor has to do is what we've seen him do throughout the whole season. And a little home cooking will do the Rangers good. I think they get the next game. They finally steal that one game, which they nearly stole in Pittsburgh a couple games ago. Game seven, Rangers are winning. But I'm staying positive. I'm not going to go all Jake on you. I'm not going to go all ranting here. But Andrew, I, I, everybody I appreciates it. <laughs> I, I, I have to believe the season will not end like this. It can't end like this. We've seen it before. It cannot end like this. Okay, so that's a point I want to touch on. That's a point I want to throw to you, Ron. This season, if they lose on Wednesday, is this season a colossal failure? Uh, I'm going to say no, because I think you going into the playoff series, you said it, they could go down in four because look at who they're going up against. They're going up against Pittsburgh. It could have been Washington. It could have been been Washington. I guess it could have been worse. (laughs) And we knew going into this, that this is an untested playoff team. And the rookies had to play well, which they are. And Shesterkin had to be Shesterkin. So we didn't know. I, we really didn't know. I, I really felt like if they can find a way to get through that first round with Pittsburgh, who may have some weak goaltending, they're going to build from that. And they're going to need to learn how to play playoff hockey because there's good days, bad days, good bounces, bad bounces. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens. You got to make it, it, adjustments. And then there's injuries. You got to adjust to injuries. So I really didn't know. I just felt like they could beat Pittsburgh because of the other thing is what we saw during the season that they did well against Pittsburgh. No, you, you playoff is a whole different season. Yes, they'd have to look at their team going into the summertime, uh, like a guy like Cop, right? Like bring in Cop. Cop had a good finish, but he's not doing a whole lot. I don't know if I bring him back, right? I don't think they can afford him anyway, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't think they can afford him. So they're, they're going to look at the makeup of their team. Uh, one of the things that's kind of standing out to me is the lack of toughness on defense. We, we got skill back there. We got some size, but... You know, I'm not seeing guys that are like Truba is not being Truba. Uh, Keandre Miller has been, well, Fox is playing well, but Keandre Miller is is the guy that I thought was going to elevate his game. And sure enough, he is. And so you're going to reevaluate your team. Uh, but no, it's been a fun, exciting year. We've loved it. Playoff hockey, anything can happen. There's going to be other teams that are going to be eliminated. They're good teams. It's just that how do you lose, right? Yeah. Uh, the last thing we want, they have to win game five. They have to win game five. They win game five going to game six. Then they are kind of make up for what we've seen. But then the other, on the other hand, we've had a lot of blowout uh, hockey games in, in the playoffs. There have been other teams that have been blown out and they've come back. So it's been a lot of high scoring playoff games. My one point about the season, especially game four, 
the team in front of Igor Shosturkin somewhat proved what a lot of people have said about the Rangers' unprecedented success this season. And this is, I'm reading verbatim from my main. The Rangers are not the club that they appear to be without Shosturkin. You take Shosturkin out of the equation and they can fall flat on their faces. It's a whole different dynamic. And I know the Rangers can't be apologetic about having the best goalie in the league. And I totally am here for that mentality. And I agree with it. You never want to apologize for your best asset. That being said, the Rangers were able to improve so significantly in the second half of the regular season defensively, not giving up as many shots against, turning on the offensive uh, scoring prowess. But you take Shosturkin out of the equation if he is not that Vesna Trophy winner that he has been this entire regular season. The Rangers probably don't have the success that they had this season, especially in the first half of the season. They were carried by Shosturkin in the regular season, and it's up to the rest of the team in front of him to do their part now. Hearts is saying Rangers in seven. Am I right, Hearts? I'm saying Rangers in seven. And God bless I, your heart. I, I, I pun I intended. He, he says that wearing a Yankees hat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Only good vibes. Only good juju. That's what the Rangers need right now. Good juju. I Holy get me. it. I get it. Molly, you're, if, don't if, ask me my prediction. Well, you don't want to hear my if prediction. If it ends this round, your Memorial Day weekend trip is on and you're, you're <laughs> yeah. off. No need to cancel. No. I am never rooting, never rooting. I am unbiased. I am here for, hey, this is playoff experience for me too guys i you know I, I covered the islanders conference finals i'd love to cover the rangers in the conference finals there's no doubt about it i think that game four was a real big bruise to the ego up and down the lineup and it'll really they're, they're gonna have to tap into that resiliency that they've had all regular season long but they're gonna need even more of it because like hearts pointed out i mean pittsburgh can taste the blood they, they're going to be frenzy at the Garden on Wednesday. So, Molly, Molly, let's all make a prediction on Game 5. What's your prediction? Look, if I'm being honest, I, I am a little discouraged after Game 4. Uh, it's going to take a lot to bounce back. And like I said, Sidney Crosby has just been an X factor. He has just been an end when Sidney Crosby is the X factor. There are hardly any, any player, any team in the NHL that can do anything about that. So for those reasons, I don't think that they're going to win. Sorry. Well, I got to tell you, I feel the same sorry, way. Sorry, sorry. I, I Oh, there yeah, you go. Look at, wow. Know, uh, Ron too? <laughs> what? But when I see what I see in Sidney Crosby, they can't defend against them. They can't stop them. They can't slow them down. And when they do, yeah, they, they, they're going to take penalties against them. Then they're going to put them on a power play. And then they got a great power play team. And so that because they haven't been able to stop him, I don't see how they're going to stop him unless Crosby is not on offense and he's having to defend. And I haven't seen that. And the goaltending, their goaltending, uh, he's been really good. Deming's been really good now. He's built his confidence up. And he's a lefty. I can't tell you how many times I'm looking at guys and they're shooting at his glove. I'm like, quit shooting to his glove, right? And so I don't see enough in the Rangers. Shesterkin is shaken up. They get that first goal and all of a sudden, you know, it's going to get in his head. So I don't see the Rangers winning game five as much as I want them to. So I would not bet on the Rangers winning. 
I'd say there's about a 40% chance of them winning. Ron and I five. are going to eat our words. I can feel it. And this wouldn't be the first time on uh, during doing this podcast together that you and I have eaten our words. So, you know, we'll do it together, Ron. We'll do it together. <laughs> let's just say, let's just say that we really, really, really want them to win. No, I just want to see more. I want to see more hockey. I want to see playoff hockey. We haven't seen it in five years. My one other point to the Sidney Crosby thing is the Rangers know what they have to do. They've audibly explained what needs to be done to contain Crosby, and that's slow him down in the neutral zone. My guy is unstoppable when he comes through the neutral zone with speed. He can do anything he wants with the puck. You got to push him to the outside, and you got to play him harder. Molly, as he steps on the ice at a faceoff circle, it starts there. He dominates on the faceoff circle. He hasn't even done anything yet. He's not even controlling the puck. He wins the faceoff. They have control of the puck. They find a way to get it to him, and he just takes over from there. So if you can't even win a faceoff against him, how are you going to contain him? Faceoffs has been the Rangers' Achilles' heel for years now. You know, it's been, you know, this is nothing new. We've talked about that a million times on this show, but Rangers take game five. I'm, I'm rolling with hearts. Screw it. I yelled about them. Rangers in seven. See you in the next round. Molly, cancel your trip. The Rangers are going on a run. Punch someone in the mouth, too. I mean, come on. I mean, heart, hearts, we, me and hearts are texting third period. We're like, you got to start a fight. I mean, show some heart. Reeves should drop the gloves with somebody. Knock Reeves someone should, in their ass. Yes. Come Ste- on. Step up to have Gunny Malkin. Somebody, you know, just just because that's it was actually funny. We were asking Gallant the other day, you know, how do you slow if Larry was actually asking how do you slow the game down? And Gallant laughed and was like, I used to fight back in my day. <laughs> and it was funny because people were sending gifts of Gallant just beating the crap out of somebody. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I imagine that Gallant was, oh my God, okay, I'm sure he was a heavy hitter. So I, you know, that's, I think that should happen too. I do. Well, Molly, that's what I'm saying. When I look at the whole picture, when I look at the last period, after you're down, it's six, two, you're going to that period, period, someone get angry, someone do something, not stupid, not, not, you know, but get angry, fight back, big hits, send a message, nothing. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not just blaming the players. I'm blaming the coaching staff. Cause you would have thought that, Jared would have stood up and say, listen, I don't care what happens at the end of this game. You guys are going to show some passion. You're going to get pissed off. Nothing, nothing. So we got to hear from Larry to see what he thinks about all that. And a message to Ranger fans, make some noise, get rowdy in game five. This will be a warm up for a potential game seven. You saw what Pittsburgh did. I don't know if you could do a Louie, Louie, some chance to rival Igor, but put down the lobster wontons, put down the salmon sashimi and cheer your ass off in game five because you want to bring this thing back on Sunday for a game seven. Well, we'll talk about the Rangers colossal failure in Pittsburgh with Larry Brooks of the New York Post on up in the blue seats next. Mom, like not now, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting into this with you right now. Hockey Hall of Fame Rangers beat writer at the post, Larry Brooks. I, I think there's room for different styles. There's room for different resumes. Are you sick of me after spending three straight days in the car next to this face? <laughs> it was a rather pleasant experience, I have to say. Because you've been doing this, what, for over 40 years. It's an important part of the experience to understand the fabric of a team. Giving Henrik Lundqvist his nickname is, is one of the coolest things in my entire career. He blames or gives credit to you for that nickname, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, Lara, I'm in agreement with you. No. 
Okay. It was great to get to know Brooksy, and he became part of my journey. You know, he was there every day. One year, the Islanders gave out bathrobes that uh, lasted for about a game. <laughs> you know, guys were walking around in their bathrobes like, what, what is this? We're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. All right, can we ask Larry a, a, a yeah. hockey question? We- it's a two-part answer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Larry. I, I feel like we don't even have time to plug your social. We just have to get right into it. <laughs> I, I got first question. Majority of what your column was on after game four, the top players, Mika Zibanejad, just what are you seeing? <laughs> their, their top players are being dominated by Pittsburgh's top players. And what we've seen through the first four games um, certainly the last two is that the Rangers' strengths have become weaknesses. You know, their goal, their goaltending, no one is blaming Shesterkin, but he has been as much a victim of the Rangers as, as anything, but he has seemed rattled at times. He's had trouble finding the puck. He's had trouble with the puck around the net, which is uh, very uncharacteristic for him. And and this is a, a new experience for him. The endless taunts from the crowd. You know, I, this is an environment in which he has never played before. And it's been tough on him too. I, I've been a total systems breakdown by the Rangers. Their power play failed when they um, had a chance to take over game three. It's It's their calling card, their power play. You know, the goaltenders, their calling card, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Ryan Strom, their they're top four, their top six, their calling card. And, and, and they've had nothing. They, they've just had nothing. They've been they've been overwhelmed. And, and you know, I, I, I get the fact that they're matched against a player, Sidney Crosby, who was probably playing the most compelling and dominating hockey he's played in more than 10 years. You know, they're they're playing an, an all time great playing at an all-time high level, I think. I mean, he is just dominating. I haven't seen him dominate like this in forever. And the Rangers have no answer. They're stubborn. They won't change their game. They won't, they won't adapt to, to the playoffs. And, and this is what we find. You know, this is, um, they're being schooled. And, and it's, it's really was ugly. It was really ugly in, in game four and a lot of game three was too. So my next question, I feel like a lot of the conversation has turned onto Gerard Gallant in this series. What has been your evaluation of his coaching this first round? Well, listen, I mean, he's a part of it. The coaching staff is certainly a part of it. I would have liked to have seen him try and get Zibanejad away from Crosby. It's 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 a difficult thing to do. Listen, Ryan Strom's line hasn't played well against against Crosby's line either. I would like to have seen him go with the heat, go with the kids against them and free up Zibanejad so that Mika's line could become a threat. You know, I mean, right now they're, they're not a threat at all. They're, they're just, they're working as hard as they can in their defensive zone and they have nothing once, once they get the puck out, they have nothing at the other end. And so I would have liked to have seen that kind of an adjustment. It, it is difficult to do on the road. You know, Mike Sullivan, you know, could have just waited for Zibanejad. So, you know, there's always that. And, and Gallant is, you know, has said that he's, He's never been a real matchup coach. But the, uh, the other issue is that the coaching staff just hasn't been able to get the players to play, to adapt their game. They, you, know, they, you know, everyone understands what they need to do. Everybody understands they need to simplify. Everybody need, uh, understands they need to um, not continue to throw the puck cross ice. So, I mean, the Penguins are reading every play. They just step into the seams and uh, away they go. And, the Rangers have been very stubborn. How, how much of that is on the coaching staff? 
I'm not sure what the percentage is, but but the coaching staff has not been able to get its message across to the to the players, and the players have not heeded the message. So it, it's a collective failure. It was certainly a collective failure in these two games in Pittsburgh. You know, there's there's still some time to go. We'll see, but you know, these two games were just just a failure from pretty much from start to finish. Was it a tell to you uh, going into the last period, the third period last night? on how the team was going to respond, how they did respond with nothing. Was it a tell to you that they're, they've given up? There, there was no fight in them. Moving forward into game five, what did you expect out of that last period? Because most teams have come out and put up a big fight and kind of try to send a message. There was nothing. So what, what does that tell you? Well, to be honest with you, it didn't, I, I wasn't looking for much in the third. I think they were a demoralized team. I'm not a big proponent of going out and starting a fight when you're losing a game six to two. I, you know, I'm just not. I'm not necessarily talking about fighting, fighting, but at least get some big hits and, and get physical. You know what? In order, in order to throw big hits, you have to you have to catch the opposition. <laughs> and, and no, seriously, I'm, I'm you know, the, the Rangers have been chasing these guys around around the ice. And um, I was far more disappointed by their first 40 minutes or, or certainly the middle 20 minutes than the last 20. I, I think, you know, the. The game had been decided. I'm, I'm not sure you send messages when you're when you're down six two. I could be wrong, but I, I just uh, I just think you know it was, it was it was it was just time to get out of town and and uh, try and regroup for the next game. Again, I, I I put a lot more in the first hundred minutes in in Pittsburgh than in the last twenty. So I, I want to go a little positive right now going into Game Five. I think the fans are going to be behind this team. Because uh, they've, uh, no, they've given us all a, a really a nice season. They're going to be behind them. There's going to be a lot of noise. They're all, they're going to need to have a good start. But the one player that I think has been that I thought would have a good playoff series, and that's Keandre Miller. What are your thoughts on what you've seen with him? I thought he was outstanding for the first three games. I didn't think he played very well in Game Four. But his his compete level and his willingness to go and and toe to toe with Crosby has been very very impressive. Listen, you know, he, Crosby's coming out ahead most of the you know a lot of the time but I I think the way that that uh, Miller has competed and not back down in situations has been very impressive I I, listen I think Miller has been impressive I I think the kids have been you know the kid line has been impressive I I really like the way Lafreniere has played I like the way Kako's played I think Heedle has been a much better player a much more effective player in in here than he was most of the season. So, I, you know, I, I think there are some things, but, you know, this is a team built around its marquee players. And that includes Adam Fox, um, who, who really has struggled too. So I, I like some of the underlying things. I think, you know, the kids are doing well, but, you know, it, it's, it's such a footnote at this point in the story. All righty. Well, thank you for that evaluation, Larry. And I guess we'll see if we chat again next week. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I'll see you. Well, I am the pod father, but also the parlay father. All right, Ron, that'll wrap up episode 88, the Eric Lindros edition of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Did you ever play Eric Lindros? I did not, no. I played against him in some alumni games, but not. Uh, we didn't We didn't go off against each other. He was a big man, big power forward, and I can tell you the Rangers could use an Eric Lindros on this team to provide that leadership, the physical aspect. He showed some emotion, some getting a little bit angry, and he would know how to do that. Even the Mark Messier would be part of this team. I'm telling you, we would have saw something different 
different in that third period in Pittsburgh, showing some emotion that carry over into game five. Having said that, Jake Brown, Andrew Hartz, thank you for producing this show. A lot of passion, a lot of emotion. If the Rangers can only feel what we feel, if they can only feel what the Ranger fans are feel, we're going to see a little bit of that, but they still have to be in control. They can't take stupid penalties. They can't put Crosby on the power play, but they can do it. We know they can do it. We've seen it before. Take some of our yelling and bring it on the ice. Punch someone in the mouth. And when I say that, I don't mean take your fist and punch in the mouth. Well, if there's a fight, then you do it but knock them in the boards do it like in the movies where they flip over the glass and all the glass breaks and they got to bring a cleanup crew to the garden be physical show us that there is no quit in new york because this team has been too fun for it to just end like this just i mean talk about coming out flat they came out flat in pittsburgh do us a favor go back give us a five-star rating on apple Podcasts. do it on spotify as well catch up on all old episodes hopefully the final episode is not coming so if the rangers win we will go on and we will have an episode next monday if they lose we will have an episode thursday a very depressed episode on thursday to close out the season for number 10 ron duguay molly walker andrew hards i'm jake brown we will see you when we see you hopefully the rangers win game five and we'll see you guys soon thanks for listening to up in the blue seats and let's go rangers When that power play is going, it's like bing, bang.